Welcome everybody to another sub-episode of Vampire the Chicago Chronicles. It is Remy's first sub-episode and he's been looking forward to it. <laughs> yes, I have. Hello everyone. This is a Vampire the Chicago Chronicles sub-episode. Sub-episodes are separate stories to the main campaign, focusing on the nightly pursuits and agendas of a single coterie member while the events that are about to transpire are disconnected from the main arc of the campaign, they may have consequences in the campaign and may even affect the unlives of the entire coterie. Tonight's episode is entitled A Question of Mercy and focuses on Barry Archer, played by Remy. Before we begin, our usual disclaimer, Vampire the Masquerade is a dark game of personal horror You'll hear descriptions of gore, depravity, addiction, coercion, and other adult themes. This is not D&D, it's not even Call of Cthulhu. This is a game where we play monsters of the night who do monstrous things. And so, let us begin. Barry Archer, you have spent quite a few of the most recent nights of your unlife, consumed by a singular purpose, while the rest of your coterie have busied themselves with their own nightly pursuits. Most times these nights, you are found in the south side of Chicago. Your car parked in a vacant lot across the road from an apartment from an apartment block on East 87th Street. This apartment block, only two stories tall, comprised of six or seven separate flats, is in one of the seedier parts of town. And tonight, like all the other nights, you are sitting in your car, binoculars pressed up against your face, staring at a particular flat of this tenement. Of this tenement. Flat number four, up on the second floor. The first one on the very left of the apartment block and closest to the road. Through your binoculars, you can see the. You can see what you have come to learn is the window of the main bedroom, providing whoever is inside the flat with a view of the street outside. The lights are currently on, and inside you can see a woman preparing for bed. She's just stepped out of the adjoining ensuite, dressed in pink satin pyjamas. She walks over to her bed, picks up a book from the wooden bedside table, and climbs under the covers, opening the book and beginning to read. This woman is your touchstone. What is her name? Her name is Mercy. Yes. Mercy Bordruff, a woman who you found yourself perhaps 
unhealthily obsessed with. You first heard of her a few months into your unlife, when you were researching ways to undermine the influence of Roger's sire, Michael McGee. Your inquiries, mainly uh, filtered through your criminal contacts, brought you to Mercy Bordrum. A woman who, according to your criminal contacts, is the niece of Michael McGee, the crime boss of Chicago's Irish mob, his only living relative, and the person who is closest to him. Through conferring with Roger and digging deeper into your criminal contacts, you learned that the rabbit hole actually goes much deeper. Although it is common knowledge to most that Mercy Bordrum is Michael McGee's niece, it turns out she may perhaps be something more. Your criminal contacts and sharing some information with Roger himself soon revealed to you that Michael McGee or at the very least, someone fitting his description and likeness, performing almost the exact same function in the criminal underworld, has been active since at least the 1920s. First, under the name Nate Bordreff, and then every 20 or 30 years, under a different alias, a series of changing names, Michael McGee simply being his current one. With this in mind, you investigated further and came to learn that Mercy Bordreff is not Michael McGee's niece, but rather his mortal descendant, his great-granddaughter, the last of his mortal bloodline. And so, you've spent nights watching over her, trying to learn what you can about her, you haven't yet made contact with her, though many nights you've felt the temptation to. That said, you're not quite sure how you would make contact with her, what you would say, how you would introduce yourself. And so for the moment, you have satisfied yourself with simply paying her these nightly visits, watching her from outside, watching her go about her nightly activities, unaware that you were there, looking over her, perhaps protecting her. Tonight looks like it's going to be a night like any other, until something happens. I'd like you to start by please making a Wits Awareness check. <coughs> wits Awareness, okay, let's see. Uh, wits is two, awareness is four, so that's six, one. Uh, three successes. Three successes, very well. So, you were watching Mercy through your binoculars, she's flipping through her book. After about 20 minutes of reading, she raises a hand to her mouth, yawns threads a bookmark into the pages of the book and then places it on her bookshelf. She looks 
out at the window, glancing directly in your direction, almost as if she has some unconscious awareness that you are there. And then she smiles, reaches over, turns off the lamp, and the room is thrust into darkness. This is normally when you would begin to pack up and to prepare to return to your haven. However, you hear something, a distant screech of tires, and you turn to the right, and there you see, turning uh, from the turning from the nearest turnoff to the right, passing the railroad tracks, is a black van slowly making its way down East 87th Street. It crawls, it slows down as it turns into the car park in front of the block of flats, and then it stops. The engine does not turn off, it remains idling. The headlights click and disappear, and then you watch as the back doors of the van open, and out step three men dressed entirely in black, all of them wearing balaclavas. One of them turns around, makes a hand signal to a fourth man remaining in the van, presumably the getaway driver, and then in unison, three men look at each other, reach into their black trench coats, pull out what you immediately identify as silenced handguns and begin to cross the car park towards the outdoor staircase that leads to the second level of flats. What would you like to do? Uh, first, I would like to ask, do I have my handgun on me? You do indeed have your handgun. Um, perhaps you had a strange supernatural sense that something would be off tonight. So before leaving the haven, did indeed raid your weapons locker. You have your handgun, and if you want to have your armor, you can have that too. Yes, I will have learnt from last time and will have my armor on me because it is, uh, I believe I just took the uh, it's just a ballistic big... cloth vest, That's so right. it's actually, I can actually have it underneath my yep. shirt. So you have your ballistic um, cloth, cloth vest on underneath your shirt. That's two points of armor. Yep. So. Yep. You are equipped. I also would like to think that I went and got a new switchblade, which would be yes. fairly easy to get. But yes, you did. It's my staple. Your staple. Yes. <laughs> well, you need it to feed, so... Yes. <laughs> it has served me well so far. So, um, you watch these okay. men, and as they stop in front of the staircase, one of them looks over his shoulder and looks up to the second floor, the balcony outside the second floor row of flats, and he scans all of the apartments, and then you see his gaze linger on flat number four. He nudges one of his friends with his elbow, and then he points silently to flat number four. You see the other two men nod, and they begin to climb the staircase. Okay, well, now I'm interested. Now I'm interested, because before... Uh, they could have been doing whatever the fuck they want. I don't care. Now they're going to... Mercy's apartment. Yes. So, 
Uh, I just need to look up Silence of Death and Unseen Passage. Disciplines, uh, that's animal succubus, that's not what I'm after, that's Ospex. Obfuscate, you were looking for? Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, there we go, obfuscate. I'm gonna move my bookmark to this page, because that makes more sense. Uh, so Silence of Death is a free, and Unseen Passage is a rouse check. It is. I would like to activate... Uh, how much noise, background noise is there at the moment? Um, the street is surprisingly empty and quiet at this time of night. There is occasionally a car that drives past, and aside from that, you can hear the low hum of TVs and radios and some people talking in some of the surrounding buildings. But aside from that, it's a pretty quiet night. It's just a normal, okay. average level of sound. So someone who's currently got his adrenaline running would possibly pick up on someone walking towards him the yes. sound of it yeah they okay, probably I'm are going... hyper right now yeah i'm going to activate silence of death uh which makes me silent which is yep. my free activation yep and then i'm going to make a rouse check to activate unseen passage very well uh i'm just gonna roll in discord because my dice are all packed up at the moment that's okay D6. Oh, no, D10, not D6. It's a six to pass. And that's a pass, so your hunger does not increase. You you activate your disciplines, and then you see your reflection in the mirror. Just the mirror on... You you just see your reflection in the rearview mirror slowly fade away as the inside of your car is consumed in darkness and then you step out of your vehicle confident that no one can see you what would you like to okay. do okay i'm gonna go take out the driver yep all right so i'd like you to make a dex stealth check and you may add your obfuscate level as additional dice so would that be two because of my de- temporary yes that'd be two okay so dexterity stealth so that's three Plus four, seven, eight, nine. I think that is actually... Oh, no, it's not. Uh, VR91. Let's see. Five successes. successes. Okay. So, you look from left to right, make sure the coast is clear, and then you silently make your way across the road into the parking lot of the tenement building stepping into the comforting shadow cast by the red brick monstrosity in front of you and you begin to creep towards the black van its engine still idling which disguises any incidental sounds you make as you creep towards it the headlines are off you can see the driver behind the windscreen His attention doesn't appear to be focused on the parking lot at the moment. Instead, he is staring at his comrades making their way up to the second floor. And so he does not see you approach. You reach the van, and you are now pressed against the side of the van. What would you like to do? Okay, so did they get out the back of the van? They did. They shut the door behind them. Well, they did shut the door behind. Okay... You could try to open it, though, if you like. Yeah. Uh, Can I look in the window and just see if the passenger side door is locked? 
Um, like, look in through the driver's side window across to the door on the passenger side just to see if yep. the little lock switches down. So you peer up against the driver's side window. <clears throat> you are mere centimetres away from the driver, but somehow he doesn't notice you. He's just watching his friends make their way towards flat number four uh, with intense observation. You peer past him and you see the plastic button on the passenger side door. It is actually currently up, indicating that the door is unlocked. Presumably okay. he's left it unlocked as he's expecting, you know, to make a quick getaway. Yeah. Okay, I am going to attempt to open the door with my left hand, the driver's side, yep. and immediately stab him in the neck with my right hand, which is holding the switchblade. Yep. So, with your left hand, you press your fingers under the door handle, and you lift it up, it makes a slight click, and then you slowly open the door, your switchblade in your right hand, and then, just as the man yawns and turns to his left, you pounce. He sees you just at the last moment, but he is surprised. So please go ahead and roll a uh, dexterity melee check, and I will have okay. him roll, and he will have a penalty dice. Four and one, so that's five. Okay. We are five, one. Just want to double check that. One and four. Yep. One success, unfortunately. One success. He, despite having a penalty dice, got two successes. Yep, fair enough. Sees you leaping towards him, and he has just enough time to shout, SHIT! And he leaps backwards into the passenger side seat and reaches his hand into his trench coat and begins fumbling for his weapon. He doesn't alert his friends he can't he doesn't have time to beep the horn or scream so you're lucky but he knows you're there he reaches into his coat pulls out a handgun the silencer attached and points it at you what do you do uh just double checking uh so he can't see me still because i'm still invisible no but he he can see. But he, he definitely knows I'm there. Yeah, he knows you're there. It's like he can't see you. What he can see is just like the shadowy silhouette of a person yeah. just outside the door, and he can see that you're holding a knife, but he can't see you directly. He's just holding his gun, aiming it towards you, and his mouth opens, and he says, "He says, what are you, some kind of fucking junkie? Get out of here!" Okay, so he's jumped over into the passenger seat and I'm still standing. Yeah. I'm going to pull out my pistol and just try to shoot him in the head. Alright, go ahead. Please make a dex firearms check. Dex firearms... Uh, so that's four and three, so that is seven. Seven, one... Uh, three successes. Three One successes. of those seems to be a crit. It doesn't, a crit doesn't count unless it's two crits, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it has to be two. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, three compared to his two. You 
raise your gun and bang! You don't quite hit him in the head, however your bullet slams into his torso just under his right shoulder. He takes one point of aggravated damage. He raises his gun and fires off a round and you hear the thud thud of the silenced pistol firing. One of the bullets hits the door frame just in front of you and the other bullet slams into the concrete behind you. Is your pistol silenced? My pistol is not. Is not. So I will roll so for the they... men. Yep. So they got uh, four successes. Suddenly, you look over your shoulder and you see the four men who are just outside the door of apartment number four turning on the spot. And they all turn facing over the balcony, staring into the parking lot. Um, they can't see you, however, they do see that the driver's side door of the van is open, and they see their friend, the getaway driver, right, with his gun raised, firing at something outside the van. And so, the three men stop, and they look at each other. One of them points down into the parking lot, and then... One of the men splits from the other two, begins to make his way towards the staircase, coming down into the parking lot, while the other two stay and watch from the balcony, both of them in front of the door to Mercy's apartment. What will you do? Um, I'm going to once again try to shoot him with my 9mm. Yep, go ahead. So, same roll? Same roll. If you'd like to rouse yeah. blood, you can do that. To add uh, dice. No, I think seven is enough for me at the moment. He says as he only gets a one. <laughs> one. Because Cocky and the dice yep. gods decide no. What success. So, what you're trying to do, evidently, is you're trying to hit him, but without stepping into the van itself, because then you would reveal yourself. So you're just standing yep. outside, you raise your gun and fire again, and this time he ducks, your bullet sails over his head, hits the window, and the window shatters loudly. He raises his gun and fires. Bang! Thud! The silenced pistol fires, and you feel the bullet slam into your torso. You take one point of aggravated damage. Okay. Over behind you, you take this moment to quickly glance over your shoulder. You see the one man about halfway down the staircase now, while the, his two friends still stand up on the balcony watching the parking lot. They appear to have seen the muzzle flashes as both of them are now leaning over the railing, but they don't appear to have their weapons pointed down into the parking lot yet. Good. I am going to sheath both my weapons, and because I'm still invisible and silent, well, I might not be silent, I'm not silent now, but I am still invisible, I believe. Yes, you are. Uh, I'm going to leave the car, wait for the other guy to get to the bottom of the stairs, and then I'm going to slip up the stairs and, and get behind the two people looking over the rail. So I'd like you to make a dex athletics check as you duck out of the way. He's going to try to fire at yep. you. No problem. So that is six. We are six, one. 
Two successes. Two successes, and he got one success. So as you duck out of the way, you hear the th as the silence pistol fires again, but you're already gone. You make your way around to the back of the van and press yourself against it, and you hear the footsteps of the second man crunching across the asphalt. He eventually reaches the van. He leans in through the door, and he says, Hey, what's going on here? We heard gunfire, and then you hear the other man say, I don't know, door opened, some guy leaps at me with a knife, probably a junkie or something, but I don't think it was a cop. You hear the other man say, Okay, I'm going to patrol around the parking lot, see if we can flush this guy out. We don't need any disturbances tonight. Let's just find him, put him down nice, quick, and simple, and then get back to what we're here to do, huh? The man shuts the door. He raises his gun and begins to patrol the parking lot. I would like you to make a deck stealth check to make your way past him. You may add yep. your obfuscate dice. Yep, so that's just one now because I don't have science. Yep. Cool. The, uh, uh, that's four, seven, eight. Two successes. Two successes. Lovely. So he I wants... think I might need to get my physical dice out. <laughs> he got he got two successes, but you did you have your power activated, so you sneak past him. And at one point, at one point, you're so close to him that he must feel a disturbance in the air. So he whirls around, says, "Huh? Someone there?" And then he sees nothing, and you just he shrugs. He Call, he waves up to his friends up on the balcony as you reach the staircase, and he calls, "All clear here. Uh, looks like we got a looks like we got a hobo or something. Uh, we're gonna flush him out. Uh, make entry. We'll get keep the engine running. We'll make sure nobody gets up there to stop you." The two men nod, and as you make your way up the staircase and step out onto the second. Floor, you're just in time to see the two men turn towards the door to Mercy's apartment. One of them lowers his gun towards the doorknob and fires. You hear, you hear the sound of breaking wood as the doorknob and lock shatter into shrapnel before the man. And then the other man kicks the door down and both of them run across the threshold into the darkness inside. Can I get to the balcony from where I am, or was that actually some a separate point? No, you can get there. Okay, I'm just going to go. I'm going to draw my switchblade, and I'm just going to follow them in. Yep. So basically, to describe where you are, it's like a big, it's a U-shaped building. Yeah. And there are four apartments on the bottom level, and ah. there are four on the top level, and then there's like a balcony that runs around inside the U. In front of yep, all yep, of yep. them, yeah. So you're just uh, gonna. Gotcha now. Yep. So you're just gonna run after them. Yeah, I'm gonna run after them and go in through the door behind right. them. I'd like you to make a Dex Athletics check, please. Dex Athletics. So that is six again. I can I rouse the blood? You can. Go ahead, make a hunger check. Yep, so the, uh... Oh, no, that's just a D10. Yep, just a D10. D10. Two, shit. Two. Alright, your hunger oh, it's not increases. A critical. That's okay. 
And that just adds one dice for me. One dice for you because you're a thin blood. Yep. So that's that goes back up to seven again. Seven two. Four successes. Four successes. So keep in mind, if you do this, it will turn your obfuscate off. To To walk in the door behind them. Oh, actually, no, because you're just going to be running. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But they will probably... They will... But you do have to silence them. Oh, they can hear me now. They can hear me now. Yeah, they can hear you. But they won't see me. Yeah, they won't see you. So as soon as you see them kick over the door and burst inside... You break out into a run, summoning the power of your blood and moving at a supernatural pace. And in less than two seconds, you've rounded the entire... You've rounded the corner of the balcony and you're standing in front of the threshold. You're just in time to see one of them... One of them smash into the bedroom door with his elbow, breaking it open, raise his gun, and and begin to shout, Get up! Make no sounds! Do exactly what we say! Followed by the unmistakable sound of Mercy screaming. The other man... The other man is just on the other side of the threshold of the apartment, standing in the lounge room area, leaning up against the backside of a leather couch, just casually watching his friend who's in the process of rousing mercy. Neither of them have seen you as you step quietly over the threshold. I am going to attempt to walk up behind this guy, put my hand over his mouth and slice his neck. Alright. I would... That counts as a grapple and you have, um... I have brawl grappling. Yep. So you may please make a Dex brawl grapple, um, Dex brawl grapples check, and you may add one obfuscate level as an extra dice due to being invisible. Cool. Four, five, so that's six dice. Six, two. Please don't be a messy. That's two successes. Two successes. Okay, he got two successes. You were equal, and so you oh, fuck off. <laughs> creep in. Because not here today. Yeah, you you creep <laughs> into the apartment, and just as you reach him, your foot presses into the carpet, and it must step on a loose floorboard or something, because you hear a rattle that rattles through, seems to rattle through the entire apartment, as if you're shaking the entire room with your presence. The man turns around just in time to see your shadowy form bearing down upon him. He raises his hands to resist, but he doesn't have time to shout or make any action as you place one hand over his mouth and reach in with your knife, slashing his neck. Blood begins to shower forth from his broken neck. Showering, showering you with the vitae, painting your face and clothes red. The man gurgles behind your hand as he falls limp in your hands and you carefully lower him down to the floor. Behind him, the other man has stepped into Mercy's room. 
you can hear him still barking orders. On your feet, hands behind your back. Nice and easy now. Shut up, don't scream. You make one sound, I'm gonna plaster your brains all over this floor, got it? And from where you are, you can see them both in the bedroom. Nothing more than shadowy silhouettes at this point. You see Mercy, her hands up in the air as her assailant stands behind her, his gun placed into the small of her back. Are they heading out or are they still in the bedroom? They're still in the bedroom, but in a few seconds, you presume he will begin to lead her out. Okay, I drop Unseen Passage. Yep, at the moment he's just subduing her. Yeah. Okay, I drop Unseen Passage because I'm covered in blood now, there's no point. I'm just a floating blood monster, apparently. Um, Activate Silence of Death, and I want to do the same thing to him. Yep, alright. Please make a uh, Dex Brawl check again. You may add one level of Obfuscate. Okay, thank you. So far, six again. Six, two. Uh, that's much better. That's four successes. Four successes to his three. You creep into the room. He's grabbed Mercy. He's grabbed Mercy's hand, uh, left hand with his left hand at this point, and he's pulling it down, forcing it behind her back. And as she stands there quietly, as he still has his gun pressed into her back, he grabs her other hand, pulls it down, and reaches into his pocket, pulls out a small white cable tie, and begins to tie both of her hands together. It's at this point that you come up behind him, reach out, one of your hands clasped over his mouth while the other one presses your switchblade into his throat. He gurgles and attempts to make a brawl check to break out. I'd like you to just make a strength brawl check, and it is a grapple, so you get an extra dice. Okay. Well, the thing is, I only have the brawl dot because of grappling, so I don't think that actually gives me brawl, does it? Well, it does. It gives you one dot of brawl plus the um, specialty. So you oh, get two okay. Dice. Yeah. So the last two checks I just did to grapple, I haven't added one, but ah, well, too yeah. late now. That's fine. That's fine. That's my bad. Uh, okay, so that was a strength brawl, so that's four. Four to his five. Uh, uh, can I? No, sorry, I was saying that's four that I need to roll. Oh, four, yep, go ahead. Um, can I rouse the blood for this? Yeah, you'll need to because he got five yeah. successes. Go ahead, rouse the blood. <laughs> I need a perfect roll. D10. That's another pass. Okay, so that gives me five. Five, two. Okay, let's see how this goes. One. One. <laughs> As you wrap your arm around this guy, you notice under his trench coat, you can feel that he's larger, bulkier than his friend. You cut into his throat enough to deal two points of aggravated damage, but not enough to kill him. He gurgles and begins to struggle, deftly throwing you off. As he throws you off, you stumble about a foot away from him, struggling to stay on your feet. You almost fall over, but you summon the blood and use it to stay on your feet. Mercy opens her mouth, her eyes go wide, and she begins to let loose a blood-curdling scream as she sees this tussle play out in front of her. 
The man whirls around, his gun pointed in your direction, and his finger tightens on the trigger. He is not in the mood to negotiate. That's fair. I will like to activate rapid reflexes and then try to close the distance to stab him again. Yep. So I'd like you to please make a dex melee check. And he will be making a firearms check, but it will be with penalty, because you have your rapid reflexes activated. Five, two... Oh, total failure, fuck. Total failure, Oh, Okay, so you <laughs> rush towards him, activating your rapid reflexes, and as you... As your form blurs across the room, you see the man's jaw drop down, and he just says, Huh? As he raises his gun and begins firing wildly. Bang, 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 bang! Clearly freaked out by what he sees. Mercy raise Mercy just takes a step back and she's screaming. She struggles and falls back onto the bed as you rush the man. He's firing so wildly that he manages to hit you with a couple stray bullets, dealing mm. two points of aggravated damage. Uh-oh. But you've now closed the distance. Yeah, I'm just gonna try and stab him over yep. and over and over and over and over again, because I feel that I am nearly dead. So go ahead, make a uh Make a strength and melee check, please. Uh, I'm going to try and rouse the blood again. If I may. Yep, go ahead. You can always rouse the blood. Uh, okay, that's a fail, so that's another hunger. Yep. That's alright, though. That gives me four for the melee. <laughs> Melee's not my thing. Uh, four, three... One success. One success? He had a total failure. Oh, he's he's just fuck. he's watching your form in front of him, dodging and weaving, moving like a blur. His eyes grow wide and he just opens his mouth and his scream joins Mercy's as he just continues firing wildly. You duck under the barrage of bullets and then you come up with your knife, sticking it into his throat. That is one point of aggravated damage which is enough to kill him. He gurgles <sighs> as his blood sprays the room, showering both you and Mercy in gore. He raises a hand to his throat, opens his mouth as if he's about to say something, but then he gasps his last breath and falls to the ground, blood beginning to pool around him. What is your hunger level? Three. Three. Well, no, you're... You're, you're not going to get a... Well, you're a thin blood. You can't have hunger frenzies. Anyway, yeah. But yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to leave Mercy screaming there. Yep. You, look um, at, you see Mercy. Oh. She's just staring at you. She's still screaming. Her hands still bound behind her back with table ties. Actually, I am going to go over to her grab the tie, cut the tie, and whether she hears me or not, I'm just going to say, I'm here to help, please hide and be quiet. And then I'm going to go and grab the two silenced pistols and just hide behind the bed with a view to the door. Yep. Okay. If, so I, can, if I can get that done in the time that yeah, it takes. Yeah, you can, you can. So you quickly make your way to the other side of the bed, slip the... Uh, cable ties open with your switchblade and then you lean forwards and as your face closes on 
on Mercy's ear. She stops screaming. Instead, she starts shaking. You can hear her whimpering. You see a tear roll down her terror-stricken face. You just whisper, stay here and hide. I would like you to please make a charisma... A charisma persuasion check. <laughs> the grand total of one. <laughs> okay. All you need is one. The uh, one. Do I just go one for the hunger? Yeah. Yep, yep. Just the one is so the one. hunger die. <laughs> it's a bestial failure. Fuck. Bestial failure. <laughs> I'm gonna kill my touchstone. Yeah. She's. <laughs> you just growl in her ear. Um. Hide behind the bed. Don't get in my way. And she just whimpers. She doesn't say anything, but she doesn't move at all. She just stays there on the bed. She wraps her arms around herself and begins to loudly weep. <laughs> You're still going to take okay. your position behind the bed and wait? No, now I'm going to lay I'm going to grab the two guns and lay down on the floor and activate Unseen Passage. Because yep. I may be covered in blood. But you can still lie but down somewhere. on the floor is more hideable than a person yep. laying on the floor. So, you leave uh, So I need to make a hunger check first, sorry. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Five. That's another fail. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, you're at hunger four. Um, yep. So, you... Leave Mercy where she is, rocking and crying on the bed. You make your way out of the bedroom, retrieve the silence pistol from the man in the lounge room, and then pick up the other one that lies at the threshold of the bedroom. And then you make your way to the floor at the edge of the lounge room, just outside the apartment entrance. And you lie flat down on the floor, the gun held out in front of you, ready to shoot anyone who comes in. I'd like you to please make a deck stealth check, and you may add your obfuscate dice. Yep, okay, so that's four, seven, eight. Yeah, eight, four. Three successes. Three, two, three against two, so you win. You, oh hear, you hear footsteps from outside, rapid footsteps, the sound of at least one of the men running across the balcony, and sure enough, about five seconds later, the third man crosses over the threshold, he briefly looks from left to right, his gun raised, and you hear him, you hear him mutter, hope everyone's okay, why is the bitch screaming, and then he takes a step forward, passing you, unaware that you're there, begins slowly making his way towards the bedroom where he can hear Mercy loudly weeping. Um... Okay, so he... Uh, I'm going to shoot him in the back as many times as I can. Alright. So, make a dex firearms check. You may get a, you get a bonus dice because you are unseen. Yes, that's and four, it is eight. silenced, so he's going to have two penalty dice. Oh. I'm definitely taking these guns. Uh, that's five successes, thankfully. Five to his one success. Oh, God. And so as he, 
As he makes his way towards the bedroom, you silently rise to your feet, raise the gun, and thump, 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 fire off three rounds. The first one hits him in the back, the second in his right shoulder, and the third in his head. You deal four points of aggravated damage to him, killing him instantly. He goes down without even making a sound. There's just... He just stops moving and then thunk! Falls to the ground like a ragdoll. Lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, I am going to crawl, like commando crawl, to the balcony edge. And is it the kind of balcony edge that I can see through the bars? Yes, or is it, it like is. one it's of those like, concrete ones? No, no, it's like a wire mesh. Okay, I'm going to look out while I'm laying on the ground and see if I can see where the driver is. You... You commando crawl out of the room and press... Feel the cold concrete pressing against your skin and then you reach the wire mesh. You dig your... You dig your fingers into the wire mesh, pull yourself up to it, and peer down into the parking lot. I'd like you to make a wits awareness check, please. That I can do. So that is four plus two, so that is six. Two successes. You see the van still parked in the same spot, the driver still sitting in the driver's seat. He briefly looks up at the balcony and then looks away and then you see him reach into his pocket for something. He pulls out a flip phone, raises it to his ear and dials a number and then behind you from inside the apartment you hear (laughs) I would like to try and shoot him through the window. Alright, this is going to be quite difficult. It'll be two penalty dice. Yep. So go ahead, make a dex firearms check with two penalty dice. So that becomes five dice. Okay. So when you say penalty, you just mean take away two dice. Take away two dice out of the pool. Yep. So that instead of seven is five. Two successes. Two successes to his four? Shit. You lean over the top of the wire mesh, raise your gun, and fire. Just at the last moment, perhaps alerted by the fact that his friends don't answer the phone, he ducks. Your bullet slams into the windscreen, and that is all the man needs. That's his cue to go. You see... You see him place his hands on the steering wheel, and then all of a sudden you hear the screech of tires as the engine roars to life, and the van begins to scream, reversing out of the parking lot onto the street outside. It turns and then barrels off, begins to barrel away into the darkness. Okay. Um... Shit, now I've got to deal with a person. As it drives away, is there anything you'd like to do? Uh, can... I try and get some shots off at the tyres? Yeah, sure. Make a dex firearms check, and I will do it... I will compare it to his drive check. 
Success four. Success four to his three successes. As the van screeches out onto the street, you fire off two more shots, and then you see one of them pop one of the back tires. The vehicle visibly slows down as the tire begins to rapidly deflate. You see the car still driving off into the darkness, but much slower. You might be able to catch up to it if you can make your way back to your own car. Alternatively, if you like, you could let it get away and maybe search for it later or... Can I tats. get number plates from this distance? Ah, uh, yes, you can try. I'd like you to yeah. please make a uh, wits investigation check. That's four. Okay, so that's... The, uh, four, four. Messy critical. How is this a met? Like, how do you get a messy... Okay. Yep, messy. Messy critical. So, as he drives off, you leap over the balcony railing, landing on the parking lot, and you begin to sprint across the concrete, out onto the street stepping into the glowing aura of a streetlight, fully revealing yourself, covered in blood, your eyes red with hunger oh, and anger, as you get close enough to note the number plate, but the driver sees you. You see his eyes grow wide as he sees you there in the rearview mirror, and the tires screech as he speeds up even more, clearly terrified. Smoke kicks up from behind the van as it rounds a corner and drives off into the urban maze of Southside Chicago. That's gonna have consequences, shit. Um, okay, my guy hopefully quickly comes back to his senses and gets sure out of the light. Uh, I'm gonna head back up to the... Um house uh, to the apartment but while I do uh would my criminal contacts um give me like a cleanup crew um they might I would like to try and contact them while I'm walking back up and yep. ask them if they offer cleanup so you pull crew. out your phone you dial the number and you hear the familiar voice of your contact, Charlie, and he says, you explain to him what's happened, and that did like a clean-up crew, and he says, he says, now, you know, if you're just snatching someone, it's supposed to be get in, get out, you don't massacre the bloody, all the inhabitants of the building, you know that. I right? was, I was avoiding a snatch and grab, thank you. He says, hmm... Well, look, if there's been gunshots and screaming, someone's probably already called the police. He says, maybe... Let me think. He says, if I get this done for you, what will you offer in return? What do you want? I'd like you to make a uh, manipulation persuade check, and you may add three dots from your criminal contacts to the pool. Okay, so manipulation, what was it? Persuasion? Manipulation, uh, yeah, manipulation, persuasion, plus three for your criminal contacts. Okay, so that's two for manipulation and three from the contacts. 
Fear five four. Uh, one success. One success. That's enough. He says, "Look, I'll have someone down there within the next fifteen minutes or so." But you owe me. You're gonna have to. Well, I keep telling you about that big, that bigger uh, job down the docks coming in, where they're gonna, where, where my friends are gonna lift all those DVD players that are coming in. Uh, you said it wasn't your style, but well, guess what, buddy? You're in now. <laughs> Sorry, it's just I forgot that this was 2008, and that's yeah. actually something that happens. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot the DVD players are still big. He's he, and he says he says oh, oh, he says ain't yeah. no one better at sneaking in and out of places than you. So you're gonna be there Friday night down the docks. You're gonna get my men in and out. You understand? Done. He says, all righty then. He says, I'll send someone in the next 10, 15 minutes. And also, just so you know, that address you told me, that's where bloody uh, Mercy Gordreff lives. I hope you ain't fucking around with her, because if old man McGee finds out, you're going to be down in the bottom of Lake Michigan. Yes, well, let me worry about that. I didn't intend to make myself known to her. Better you than me, he says, and then he hangs up. <laughs> okay, after that lovely conversation and a new job, um, now I've got to deal with a hysterical woman. Yes. You enter the apartment and step over the dead bodies to the bedroom. Mercy is no longer weeping, but she's holding herself, her arms wrapped around her. She just rocks back and forth on the bed silently watches you, her eyes white, her lips trembling, tear marks fresh on her cheeks. She sees you enter the room, her lips tremble, and then in a wavering voice, she says, you're, you're, you're not with them? No, no, I'm not with them. I just happened to be passing by when I saw them coming up here. She says, who are you? What? What was... She gestures towards the man lying on the floor. She says, the way you attacked him, you cleared the room. What was that? Ma'am, you've... You have been in a very high energy situation here. You, I think you may have seen things. I, While I'm trained in some martial arts, it's just, just a trick of the eye like you to make a manipulation <laughs> persuade check please can that be subterfuge because i'm lying oh yeah yeah subterfuge yeah, oh no, thank god i get one extra point okay so yeah. i got three. <laughs> oh fuck two successes two successes she looks at you she bites her bottom lip she doesn't look entirely convinced but she doesn't press the issue she just stares at you some more and then she leans back on her bed, takes a deep breath, and she says, Let me guess, my uncle sent you. No, actually, like I said, I just happened to be in the area, saw something happening and decided to stop it. Uh, now, do you mind if I just use the ensuite to wipe the blood off my face? I feel like it might make better conversation if I'm not... She gestures towards it. She says, Go ahead. Clearly still 
in shock. You make your way into the ensuite. Turn the tap, and as the water rushes down into the porcelain sink, you splash some into your face. And as you wash your face, she continues to call out questions to you. If you're not one of my uncle's gorillas, then why were you passing by? Uh, whereabouts in town are we? Uh, south side Chicago. It's one of the seedier parts of town. Oh, so it's actually quite near where we are. Yeah, it's, well, it's just on the other side of downtown. So the west side is on the direct other side of downtown. So oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, we're in west side. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's actually around here? Do I know what's around here? Um, you know you know a bunch of vampire things. You know that the Banu Kim um, clan meets around here. You know there's a bunch of Anarch safe houses. Aside from Shit. that, the only other thing that would perhaps be of note is that there's a police station nearby, the 87th Precinct. So you'd have to explain why it would be this particular police station you were visiting and oh, not. Fuck it. Um. Uh, okay, I don't know how gun laws work in America, okay? So just, I'm gonna give out an idea and you can tell me if you know if this works or not. Yep. Uh, I'm going to say that I was visiting a friend and now I'm going to the police station to renew my gun license. Um, let me just I... briefly look that up. Yeah, sorry, I don't know, but that's the first thing that comes to my head. Yeah, and I'm it just... explains why I had a gun. I'm just picking <laughs> up the Illinois gun laws. Um... <laughs> oh, you could be looking at that for ages. Uh... Um... Um, so, ah, so you were going there to renew your your concealed carry permit. Yes, that will work. Um, make... And as for what's late, I forgot and I was at a friend's house. Yeah, um, make, oh, that doesn't sound too convincing, but go ahead and make a manipulation <laughs> subterfuge check. I don't know what else to fucking say. I just... This is why you haven't made contact with her until now. Yeah, because I don't have the skills to lie and just say I was yeah. out for a walk. I just... Uh, manipulation subterfuge. Okay, so that's three again. Hey, two successes. Two successes. Um, I'm going to compare it to her insight. No, that's fair. That's fair. I'd be inciting me too. Yep. Four successes. She says Fuck. nothing. She says nothing. She doesn't call out your story. You just hear her say, hmm, and then she lets you wash up. You splash the last of the blood off your skin, and then what do you do? Um, I exit the ensuite, and... I'm going to offer to take her to a hotel and pay for a night for her so that she doesn't have to stay in a room covered in bodies. She looks up at you, and wordlessly she nods. She climbs off the bed, and as you lead her out onto the balcony, um, as you lead her out onto the balcony, you head back into the room, you grab a suitcase from the closet beside her bed, and pile in a couple changes of clothes for her, and carry it out. And as you join her, you see a brown Cadillac turning into the parking lot. This must be the cleanup crew. And you see her eyebrows narrow as she sees it. 
park uh, where the black van was, but she doesn't Blip. say anything. Uh, so I notice that, do I? Yes. Look, I'll explain everything truthfully in the car, I promise. You lead her down the stairs, you pass the brown Cadillac as the doors open, and two men wearing black suits get out, and they briefly glance at both you and Mercy as they make their way towards the staircase and climb up. You lead her across the road to your car, open the passenger side door for her, and shut it behind her as she climbs in. And then you join her, climbing into the driver's seat. She looks around your car, her eyes narrowed. And then she looks out the windscreen, and I'm going to make a roll for her. Oh, yeah, she'll know. And she notices that directly in front of your car, across the road, there is a clear view of her bedroom window and just now, just as she notices it, you see the lights turn on and the men in black suits begin to go about their business, lifting up bodies and carrying them out of the room and spraying disinfectant on the walls and furniture. She looks at you, her <coughs> eyes thin, her lips, her lips nothing more than a narrow slit. And she says, I knew it. I've seen you before. I've looked out the window. I've seen a car parked there. I knew someone was watching me. She folds her arms and she says, Do you mind explaining who you are? And tell me those men had nothing to do with you. I run with some criminals. Um, obviously... Fuck, I'm just going to say it and we can assume that my guy says it a little bit differently in the actual yep, lingo. Yep. Um, <laughs> I run with some criminals. Um, we are not exactly rivals to your uncle, but there is a chance that in the future he will not like us. So I was taking it upon myself to find out if there's anything that we can use against him. I've been watching you for the past few nights, and tonight I was deciding that no, you should be left out of it when this happened, and I decided to step in. They had nothing to do with us. Those men in there now are clean-up crew, making sure that the house is... Nothing can be connected to either of us. She takes this in, and surprisingly, after you're done explaining it, she smiles, and she says, So... You're not one of my uncle's men. Furthermore, from what you're saying, if my uncle were to find out that you're here with me right now, he'd be very upset, wouldn't he? I think uh, the phrase would be I'd be swimming with the fishes pretty damn quick. She just smiles and nods and she says, Well, I have some things to think about, but... Let's say for the moment, I'm not exactly upset with the idea of having a sort of secret friend that gets under my uncle's nerves. Well, yes, you can say I definitely do that, and I'm quite fucking good at it, to be honest. She says, you did save my life after. Yes, um, 
She says, yes. and, <laughs> she says, and you didn't have to. From what you were saying, those men had nothing to do with you. Were simply here to probably abduct me to get my uncle to do some something or other for them. And yet, you saved me. You spared me from whatever fate they had in mind. She shudders at the thought. So... I'm going to trust that at the very least, at least right now, you don't mean me any harm. I'm not in danger. Trust me, harming you is the last thing I would ever want to do. She smiles and says, but my uncle will probably think I'm in danger. And maybe that might make him pay attention to me for once. I like it, she smiles. <laughs> Huh. I, I don't know what to say to that. I'm just going to nod and start the car. You start the car and you drive her a few blocks to a motel on the edge of Southside, to the north, right on the border of Southside and downtown. And you park the car in the parking lot, make your way inside book a room for the night you pay for it and then you make your way back to the car where Mercy waits and tell her that she's going to be safe for the night she climbs out of the car and as she, walk, as she begins to walk away she stops, turns around, smiles at you and just says thank you anytime and then you see her walk towards the motel. She enters the lobby, pulling the glass doors shut behind her. And you see her fade away into the orange light inside. There is one man who got away. What would you like to do? <sighs> I don't... Fuck. Um... How far away are we from where this happened? Couple blocks. I've just moved you on the map to where you are oh, now. Oh, sorry. You have? Oh, yeah, okay. So where... What way did you say they would have gone? You saw him turning right, so to the south. So that's south side. Uh, where does everything add up? Is... So he could have been headed towards the east side. Yeah. Pass through the south side to get to the east side. But he could also be heading to somewhere just further south in the south side. Hmm. Um. You could possibly pull your criminal contacts and try to get a yeah. what. Uh, what gangs operate in this area and where, and maybe figure out which one would be the likely culprit. Yeah, I think I might have to do that. I'm gonna, once again, call my contacts. And, um, one, ask them if they have any leads on a van with a burst tyre driving erratically you also do have in the that area. Plate. Oh yeah, I'm gonna call contact criminals and Ask them if they're able to find, once again, a car with this number plate. And I guess offer them another favour. 
Charlie thinks for a moment as you tell him the number plate. He says, Hmm. Alright, well that sounds like a simple hack into the police database. And see if we can pull up a record. Of course, you know, I ain't a hacker and you ain't a hacker and that's going to cost something. Now, look. I already booked you in for the DVD job. And now you're doing something else. You're gonna be the getaway driver. Oh fuck. <laughs> uh, oh fuck. He says, okay. Otherwise, I'd accept cold hard cash. But I think you're a bit strapped at the moment. I don't think yep. you have resources. No, I don't have any resources. I was going to put some in, but I never did. And I think I was like, I'm going to save the points instead. Yep. Um. Yeah, okay. Sit tight for a sec, says Charlie. Then he hangs up and you sit there for the next 10 to 15 minutes in your car. After about 10 minutes, you see Mercy leave the, uh, leave the lobby of the motel. She looks towards your car, notices that you're still there, and then looks away. She crosses the parking lot to room 103, and she unlocks the door, once again looks over her shoulder, and you see a smile on her face. And then she enters the hotel, the motel room, pulling the wooden door shut behind her. Your phone pings, and you flip open the phone, and there is a text message from Charlie. It simply reads... It, it simply reads... Jefferson Gang, Eastside Chicago, Warehouse of South Commercial Avenue. Okay. And I've marked that on your map for yep. you. I see that. Awesome. Um... Okay, now before I head there, how does healing work? So, um, you're a thin blood, so oh, it says you I heal get, as a vampire. I get, yeah, I heal as a vampire, but I get damaged as a yeah. human. But it's aggravated damage you've taken, so that you yep. can't actually heal. So you're stuck in that until you go to sleep. No, yep, fair enough, fair enough. If it was superficial damage, how it would work? is you make a rouse check and just heal one point. Okay, 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 this this, this is gonna be risky. Uh, what time of the night is it? It is by now about one in the morning. It'll take about an hour, or maybe 40 minutes to an hour, depending on how well you drive to get to the game hideout. Now, my question is, is it possible to sleep a day and then go the next night? Indeed it is, if you'd like to get back to the haven and rest for the night. I'm going to have to, because I'm going to need to find something to eat tonight, uh, because there's no way I can go into this as I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, my guy would know that. Yep. He knows that at the moment he is not ready for a hunt. Not ready for a hunt, yep. No. Oh. So, you start your car, you message Charlie, thanks, we'll deal with it tomorrow night, and you make your way back to the haven, 
pass through the glitz and glamour of downtown, a place, a place where the movers and shakers of kindred society live out their lives, live out their unwives, scheming and plotting, a place where as a thin blood you are thoroughly unwelcome, and so you breathe a sigh of relief as you make your way into the west side and leave the glass towers of downtown behind you. You turn into the street that leads into your haven and park your car in front of the dilapidated townhouse. You make your way inside and as you pass the kitchen, you hear the usual growl of Alexander's dogs. (laughs) Followed by Alexander's crooning voice. It's okay, it's okay. Look, (laughs) look. I've put the blood in a flesh keg for you. Oh, God. (laughs) I know I'm a murderer and revel in the hunt, but even Barry shivers a little bit and quickens his step. You quicken your step, you make your way up to the second floor, to the bedroom that you've turned into your personal haven. You shut the door and collapse on your bed, and even though there's still at least an hour to sunrise, you're hungry and you're wounded, and you let the day sleep take over a couple of hours early. Okay, you may please roll your stamina. Just stamina on its own. Uh, Stamina, stamina two, okay. Uh, So no hunger for that? No extra dice and no hunger. Okay, two. One success. One success. You heal one point of aggravated damage. Okay, well, that'll have to do, I guess. Okay. The day Um, sleep is over. The blackness passes within an instant, and then your eyes flutter open. Your room's still shrouded in darkness, just the same as it was when you fell asleep. You look down, you look down at your body, you see a couple of the gunshot wounds have closed up and faded away, but you still feel the sting on your skin, the cuts and bruises of the other wounds you've sustained. Please make a rouse check to awaken for the night. Eight. That's a pass. Pass. Climb off your bed and notice you've left a trail of blood across your room to the bed. You pick up your phone, flip it open, and check. It is just past 8 10 pm. It appears the others are still either asleep or have awoken and gotten gone about their business as you step out of your room and find the rest of the haven eerily silent save for the sound of the dogs as you pass the kitchen door not growling this time instead you can hear them eating something making a horrible squishing sound as they devour something that Alexander has left behind lovely okay um first I'm gonna go to my gun room um, I would guess that I've take I kept the two silenced pistols. You did. You can put them in are the they, rack if you want. Are they nine millimeter? 
They are indeed nine millimeters. Okay, I'm going to leave my unsilenced and one of the silenced pistols yep. on the bench and just leave a little note saying, picked up some new stuff, feel free to use these. Yep. That the others can see, because I have let them know that they are allowed to come in and, and take, take the need. guns as long as I'm not using them. Um, so I take one of the not silenced 9mm and I take some ammo for it as well. Uh, I'm just going to write that I've now got a silenced one. And you're lucky you were wearing armor, by the way, because that shaved two points oh, off every bit of damage. No, I, I, it would be in torpor right now. Yeah, yeah. Because I had one, I had one health left. Yep. So you're lucky because you I had started, the armor. Yeah, I started this session with one health missing. Yep. Because of <laughs> last session. Yeah. Well, actually, um, cross cross another health off because we say that one healed between oh, the last okay. session and this cool. one. Okay, cool. So now I'm on two health down. Yes. Out of five. So three health left. Yeah. Um. But how do we determine how much health we have? Sorry. Um. So it's stamina plus three. Okay, so I do have five. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure if I'd um. Yeah. No, nah, stamina plus three. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure I didn't accidentally actually kill myself then. Um. Okay, now I'm going to need to go for a hunt. Yep. So you step you step out of your room and close the door to the gun room behind you. Make your way out of the haven into the decrepit urban decay of the neighbourhood outside. Oh, before I leave, yep. I get changed into clean clothes. Oh, yeah. No, that goes without <laughs> saying. Yeah, I know, though... I just wanted to say that because you said yeah. I left a blood trail. <laughs> even though these, even though these ones will be stained with blood soon enough. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Shut the door to the haven beside you, and then set off at a walk. The cool night winds blowing against the back of your neck as you feel your hunter's senses sharpening as you search for a meal in this maze of urban decay and despair that is your domain. Abandoned warehouses, run down, boarded up, uh, boarded up homes, shuttered businesses and empty lots. Uh, who are you? Are you looking for anyone in particular? No, tonight I'm on a... Actually, fuck. Um... I presume you'll want. I presume you'll want yeah, someone with melancholic. For this, yeah, for this job, I'm definitely going to need a melancholic. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll look for a melancholic person if I can. Very well. Okay. So how we're going to do this is each predator type has its own dice pool that it rolls for searching for a victim. And yep. so you are an alley cat. Yes. So uh, you need to roll. Uh, either strength plus brawl or wits plus streetwise. And you may add an extra dice due to your bloodhound uh, ability. Okay, so that's going to be strength and brawl for me. Yep. So that's three, four. Okay, so I have four. Yep, including the extra As... dice from your bloodhound. No, yeah, that makes it four. Sorry, it's three and then four. Yep. Uh, is that with hunger? That's with hunger, yes. Yep, okay. Two successes. Two successes. So you spend 
the next 30 to 40 minutes prowling around and you have a couple of you have a couple of good opportunities to feed on random passers-by you see uh, a party a couple of party goers making their way back home from illegal graves a man and a woman and you could easily dispatch them and you're about to until you sniff the air as they pass by determine that they have the wrong blood they're lucky this night and you continue your hunt and just shy of 9 p.m you are prowling around uh, an abandoned warehouse when you see a, a rusted grey box truck pull up out the front of the warehouse and it stops in front of the warehouse and you hide in the shadows uh, cast by and cast by the neighboring building and watch as the door to the truck's cab opens and a man wearing a red hoodie and blue jeans makes his way around to the back of the truck uh, opens the door on the back of the box car and inside you can see seven or eight televisions tied up and stacked in the back of the truck and you instantly recognize them as stolen goods this is a criminal uh, who's found a place to stash his ill-gotten goods and as you watch he starts to unload the televisions one by one placing them on the cracked concrete behind the truck <coughs> what would you like to do I would like to wait until he starts moving the TVs into the house. Yep. So you wait, you wait about 10 minutes. He unloads all of the TVs and then pulls the roller door at the back of the truck shut. Walks over to one of the TVs, a big bulky silver one, and you hear him groan as he lifts it up. And then he slowly begins to make his way towards the uh, black metal door that is the side entrance of the warehouse, struggling to carry the TV, bending his knees under its weight. I am going to activate Silence of Death. Um, get up behind him. And he's not scared yet, so... Um, let's see, I am going to put a hand over his mouth when he's, as he's going to open the door while holding the TV, Yep. I'm going to put my hand over his mouth and push him against the door so that he can't move. Very well. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to say... Now, normally I'd take my time with this, you know, mess around with you a little bit, make some things smash, move a bit faster so that you can't see me, just to scare you a little bit, but just suffice it to know that I'm going to kill you now, and I'm going to make it painful, and you will not survive. Very well. Please make a deck stealth check. You have a silence of death, so you may add one obfuscate dice to it. 
he's distracted with the TV, so he's going to get a penalty dice. Fuck. One success he got, out of eight He got zero, so you're lucky. <laughs> As he approaches the door to the warehouse, the faded sign on it reading, Staff Only, you creep towards him and easily gain on him as he's moving at a snail's pace, groaning under the weight of this television. And when you reach him, you grab him, placing one of your hands in front of his face and then pressing the blade of your knife to his throat as you push him forward with the force of your body. You hear him mutter, you hear him let out a muffled swear as he drops the TV and it loudly shatters on the concrete. You push him against the door, which remains steadfastly closed. Turn him around to face you and describe that although you would love to take your time with him to ensure that his blood has the perfect taste. You've got work to do tonight, so you're going to make it quick. You're going to kill him, you're going to make it as pain as painful as you could possibly muster. And with that, you plunge your knife first into his stomach, twist it around, pull it out, stick it into his right shoulder, twist it, pull it out, stab him in one of his eyes, and then as he begins to scream, rip the night out, knife out, stick it in his mouth, slicing off his tongue. And then, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then yep. as, as he gurgles, and bleeds all over you, you finish the job, slitting his throat. And as the blood begins to gush forth, you hold his body, lowering it down to the ground, and then kneel down on top of it drinking the sweet blood as it gushes down your mouth, down your throat, and you feel the feelings of hunger dissipating. You may reset your hunger to zero, and please also add a stain. A stain. So that is... Oh, it's all humanity. Okay, I'm going to have to write that down as a note, because the digital sheet doesn't do half ticks. So how many Uh, stains do you actually have now? This will be my first one. Oh, very well, yes. Oh, you would have one. got one you would have got one from last session when you killed the guy, I just forgot to remind you. So this would be your second one. Oh, okay, so two stains. So that I two believe stains. Two and, and what humanity are you at? Seven. Uh yes. Okay, yeah, so you're fine, there's no degeneration. If you get one more stain, then you'll have to roll to see if you degenerate humanity or not. But okay. you have reduced your hunger to zero, you drain this man dry, and then you after you're done with the feast, you feel your senses returning, you just take a step back, and you see the mangled, broken bloodless body of this man lying on the blood-stained concrete, with the silver TV lying face down next to him, shards of glass scattered around it Would you like to dis- is there any way you'd like to dispose of the body, or would you just like to leave it? Uh... Is the door unlocked into the warehouse? Um, the door Can I just is... try to open it? <laughs> yeah, uh, you press it against the door and it actually opens. Um, he was gonna just probably press it with the TV to open it. Once it's off the catch, it opens, and you see that the inside of the warehouse is dark gloomy, dusty, it's abandoned, and 
fit only to be used as a stash for stolen goods. Indeed, you see at least 20 other TVs all stacked up in a neat square pile inside, in the middle of a vast, open, empty concrete room. And I guess the way that I killed him was very bloody indeed. It was. Um, I'm just going to grab the body, dump it inside the door, close the door, and just walk off and try not to be seen as I go back to the hideout to get changed again. Yep. I want to put a bullet in him or something so it looks like, you know, a hold-up gone wrong. Um, honestly, I don't think anything that I do right now isn't going to make it look any less like the brutal massacre that it was. Yep, so you just shut the door, <laughs> make your way, step on, step across the blood that's still damp on the concrete, make your way back to the haven, change your clothes once again into a fresh black trench coat, ready for a night of sneaking and hunting, and then you climb into your car. Is there anything you would like to do before you set out to the game hideout? Okay, I've got my switchblade, got my silenced gun. Um, I'm actually going to bring my 308 rifle with me in the car. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. So you're going to have it in the front seat with you, or are you going to place it in the boot or on the back seat? Um, I'm going to put it in the boot with like a towel over the seat so that at a quick glance it looks like there's no gun there. Yep, very well. Slam the boot shut. You feel like you're outfitted for the night ahead. Climb mm. into the vehicle and double check the address and then you make your way. Past I still have my cloth yep. armor as well. <laughs> yeah, you still got that of course. Yep. Passing yep. under the overpasses that flank your domain, once again giving the bright lights and glass towers of downtown a wide berth as you make your way through the south side. You decide to uh, go slightly out of your way to drive past uh, Mercy's apartment. And as you pass by, you notice that the parking lot is clean uh, and she doesn't appear to be home yet, but you see the door to her apartment has been repaired. A fresh new door has been installed, cleaner and brighter than those of the neighbouring apartments. The cleanup crew has done its job. You make your way onto... You, you turn onto South Commercial Avenue and make your way directly south, entering a worn-down industrial district of warehouses and old factories that look down upon the Calumet River that neatly dissects this district of the city. Soon you come to the address that you were given, a large shipping warehouse on the corner of South Commercial Avenue and East 100th Street. It looks as if during the day, this place might be a business that's still in operation. You can see a number of forklifts parked uh, behind the chain link fences. Uh, there is a large billboard that reads Jefferson Shipping Co. 
and you can see that the main entrance to the warehouse is flanked by a small gatehouse manned by a security guard. You park your car in a parking lot of one of the neighbouring factories and then step out. What would you like to do? Is there anywhere that I can get like a high vantage point without entering the property yep. that I'm going to? Um, yep. Uh, you look around and you're parked in the parking lot of what looks like an old, uh, an old textiles factory. And there's a couple of old crates and dumpsters stacked against one of the walls, which if you were to climb on top of them, should allow you to gain access to the roof, and you'll be able to get a good vantage point from there. I would like to do that, please. And I'm going to take my 308 with me. Sure. And your binoculars too, I'm presuming? Uh, yes, although I do have a scope on my 308. Ah, yes, you do. So, you climb up onto the dumpster, and then... You see there's a rusty pipe above you, hang just underneath the overhang of the roof, roof. You leap up, grab it, and then hoist yourself up onto the overhang of the roof and clamber onto the rusted metal. You make your way across the roof until you've got a good vantage point of the neighbouring lot. Then you kneel down, bring your rifle scope to your eye, to your face, and what would you like to do? I would like to see what I can see, just uh, like if there seems to be any people walking around, um, if I can see the van. Very well, please make a wits investigation check. That is four. Four successes! Where was that before? Yeah. <laughs> so through the scope, you sweep your gaze across the lot of the shipping warehouse. And you see that aside from the security guard in the gatehouse, there doesn't appear to be much in the way of security. There's a single staff entrance to the main warehouse standing in front of it is a man wearing black uh, wearing black combat fatigues and a balaclava. The other entrances are the shipping entrances, big uh, metal garage roller doors that are currently shut, forklifts and trucks parked in front of them. In amongst the trucks and forklifts, you see the black van, the tyre still flat, the hole in the windscreen still there, uh, the passenger side window still broken, the same number plate and everything. Okay. Uh, is there a way for me to... Uh, does it look like the security guard is watching TV screens, or uh, is he just sitting in a booth watching the main entrance? You... you... you shift your gaze over to him and stare at him for a moment and he's lounging back in a rolling chair his feet up on the desk as he occasionally peers over 
the rim of a magazine to survey the driveway leading up onto huh. the lot and then goes back to what he was reading. Well, that's going to be easy. Um... I'd like you to make a wits awareness check, please. Wits awareness? Okay, that yes, is six. I'll allow you because you've got at least three successes on your investigate. Five successes! What the fuck? <laughs> As, I'll take you, it. as you begin to lower your scope, something catches your attention out of the corner of your eye. You whirl around, spinning your scope to the right, and there you see, walking behind the forklifts, trucks, and the van, uh, heading towards uh, one of the garage doors that appears to be just slightly open, a small wooden crate wedged underneath it, providing enough space to crawl through. You see a dark-skinned man in a white suit. He's just making a brisk stroll towards the open garage door, and before he reaches it, he steps into a shadow cast by uh, one of the trucks, and then as he steps into the shadow, before your eyes, you see him fade out of vision. Oh. Okay, so that's... Uh... So I'm I'm assuming that... Uh, means he's a vampire. Yes, most likely. Um, yeah, because I don't know... I don't know if there's any other creatures of the night that have invisibility. Well, there might be, but you recognise that he is most likely a vampire using obfuscate. Okay, is there any chance at all that I might know who this is? No, you've never no? seen this man in this white suit. It's quite distinctive, and you're sure you would remember having seen him before. A man in a white... a black man in a in white, white su- suit. Yes, you're quite sure you would have seen this man. You would remember this man if you've seen him. Because yeah. Even in the dead of night, even in the dim light of the street lights and a couple of the uh, outdoor, uh, a couple of the bulbs that hang from the outside of the warehouse. His white suit stands out almost as if it's glowing. But he entered this place without wanting to be seen as well. Yes. Oh, am I going to... My mind, out of game, is going a million miles out. Like, if I go in and start taking this guy out, was this guy hiring them and then now he's pissed off at them? And, like, if I start killing them, will he offer me a job? <laughs> My <laughs> mind's going a million miles an hour. Like, am I going to walk in on this guy's, like, for lack of a better term, hunting grounds because he's now pissed off at them and he's cleaning them out? You don't know. <laughs> but that uh, may be a possibility. It's what you would do. Yeah, but if you were that man yeah. and you hired these guys to do a job for you and they fucked it up, you could yep. imagine yourself deciding to just get rid yeah. of them all. Yeah. Okay, well... Fuck, I actually am torn. My guy, what would my guy do? Fuck, what would he do? Oh, he know. My guy remembers. Barry knows that he got seen. Yes, you were seen the previous night. So, so regardless of regardless of whether this man is here to kill these criminals or not, one of those criminals 
has seen you and has a description of you. Okay, so if I go in and start clearing them out as well, pretending that I don't know he's there, I can say that I've come to clean up. Yes. I'm going to activate Silence of Death and Unseen Passage, which requires a hunger. Uh, what? That's a fucking Christ almighty. <laughs> that's a critical fail. So yeah, I'm already back up to hunger two. Yep. <laughs> uh, um, and then I'm just going to stroll past the gatekeeper. Yep. Um, Are you going to bring your rifle with you? No, because now I'm going inside. So I'm going to stop off at my car, put the gun away. Yep, and just bring your silenced hand. Just my silenced pistol and my knife. Scroll past the guard. And then I'm going to walk up to the guy that was in the black balaclava. Yep, who's guarding the other entrance. Yep, and just as silently as I can, walk up beside him pull out the pistol and, oh, pardon me, sorry, without touching his head, put the pistol right up to his head and just fire fire point blank. All right, very well. Please make a dex stealth check. Uh, You may add your obfuscate dice. I will be rolling first the uh, guards and then the, I'll be rolling the security guard first and then the other guard. Apparently I've got a critical because there's two criticals there and it's eight. Eight. Okay, so security guard got two successes. So you definitely <laughs> jump down off the warehouse, off the factory roof, uh, land near your car, just prop the boot open, place your rifle inside, and then you shut the boot, activate your disciplines, and make your way around making your way across the edge of the street towards the driveway that leads into the shipping company and you don't even bother to sneak past the gatehouse you just deftly stroll past and the guard briefly looks up from his magazine and then he shrugs and he goes back to it and as you walk past you get a look at him he wouldn't have posed much threat anyway he's over <laughs> he's overweight clearly un fit he's lost all his hair his gun isn't even in its holster it's just sitting on its own on the desk in front of him and he seems way too distracted by the sports illustrated swimsuit (laughs) edition that he's currently holding in front of him such a cushy job well if you stay there buddy you'll survive another night hopefully (laughs) the the criminal guard got three successes and so as you pass the gatehouse you begin to slow your approach to a to a careful creep getting down low you make your way across the concrete across the employee parking lot and as you pass the trucks and forklifts you chance a glance to your right to see if you can see the man in the white suit again but he is gone cannot see him and you don't know whether he entered the building or not you round the side of the warehouse keeping your body pressed against the cold brick the cold gray brick wall and you approach the man and as you approach him he turns away from you yawns and stretches 
You place your gun to the back of his head and pull the trigger. He makes no sound as you see a spurt of blood ejected from the back of his skull and his body sinks to the ground like a sack of potatoes. Uh, what? Can I smell what type of blood he had? Um, indeed. It appears he had phlegmatic blood. Yep, doesn't matter. I ignore him then. If he'd had choleric, I would have taken enough to do my thin blood alchemy. But he does not. Yes. However, you do still have some... You still have uh, choleric blood from last session for your thin blood alchemy. Oh, shit. I did too. Yes. Oh, so I still have that possible. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so I still have far reach available to me. Awesome. You do. Yes. I forgot completely about that. I really need to make a note saying that I have it or not. Um, okay. His body um, falls to the floor and then you spend just a couple of minutes. You lift him up, grabbing hold of his feet and just drag him out of the light of the yeah. light bulb just above the door. And it looks to anyone who just entered the lot, it would look like there was no guard there, save for if they noticed the tiny blood splatter uh, on the concrete just in front of the door. Yep. Um, so where is the door in regards to where the open roller door was? So imagine the, the building is a large rectangle and yep. the roller doors are facing the south. The yep. door that you are in front of is on the western side, just around the corner. Okay. Okay, now that I've dealt with this guy, I'm going to holster my gun again. Um, and slowly walk up to the edge of the roller door and just look in to see what I can see. Yep. So you cross, you cross back around the corner and begin walking behind the row of trucks and forklifts towards the open roller door. You see no sign of the man in the white suit. No or any sign that he has even been here, but the door is still open. There is a wooden box about a foot tall uh, wedged upright under the roller door, allowing you easy access if you were to just duck under. I would just like to look in to see if I can see yep. any of the um, gangsters. So you, look, you kneel down using the box for cover and peer underneath the opening of the door, please make a wits awareness check. Wits awareness, that is six. Four. Four successes, sorry. You peer into the warehouse. Inside you see rows upon rows of cardboard boxes, most of them according to their labels, holding TVs and DVD players. In amongst them, patrolling through the rows, you make out first one, then two, then three men dressed in the same black combat fatigues, wearing balaclavas. These three men, however, appear to be much more serious about their jobs, as you see the three of them holding AK-47 as they patrol through the warehouse. Okay. Interesting. That will outright kill me, though. Um, 
Okay, well, I would like to get in through the roller door and then get to a corner just so I can have a longer look at more of the warehouse. Yep, okay, so please make a deck stealth obfuscate check again. Yep. Ah, fuck. Messy critical. Seven. Messy criticals. Plus, yep, messy critical and seven. So the men got one success, two successes, and three successes, uh, respectively. So you make your way, you, you crouch down and make your way under the opening. And on the other side of the door, the warehouse is open. There's a couple of boxes scattered here and there that have yet to be uh, packed away. You're out in the open, so you quickly run towards the nearest stack of uh, cardboard boxes and then press up against it, crouching down and peering around the corner. As you peer around the corner, you see one man walking down the aisle towards you, and you recognise his face. It is the driver from last night. Indeed, there on his neck, you see a tiny cut made in the scuffle when you attempted to stab him last night. You weren't able to see it in the darkness last night, but now that he's in a brightly lit area, you can see this rather, this superficial, but still rather deep cut. The blood, the red blood glistening. And as he creeps towards you, you feel the beast welling up inside you, and then the beast begins to whisper, Get him! Get him! Finish the job! Finish the job! And so as he as he draws within feet of your hiding spot, you burst out, leap out of your hiding spot towards him. I would like you to please make a dex... Uh, uh, it's up to you how you'd like to subdue him, you just know that you have to. Okay, uh, I'm going to jump up and hand over mouth, other hand, trying to grab... Is he holding a gun? He's got his AK-47, it's slung over his shoulder, but it's not actually in his hands. Okay. Uh, I'm going to assume that he's a right-hand dominant, so I am going to jump at him. Left hand is going to cover his mouth. Right hand is going to grab his right hand. Yep. No, does that work? That does uh, If I'm jumping at someone and I want to grab their right hand. Sorry, right hand over mouth, left hand over, grabbing yep. the right arm. Get him, uh, whispers the beast. As you leap out towards him, please make a strength roll check, and this counts as a grapple. Four. Lovely. And at any time, you may spend a willpower point to re-roll a non-success. That is something you can do. Oh, okay. Well, actually, first I'm going to try and rouse the hunger to give myself an extra Next thing for nice. this. Yep. Seven, so that's a pass. Yep. Sell it hunger. So that through. gives me five then. If I have four normally, then it's five. Yep. Uh, two. 
Two successes. Uh, I will do that willpower thing. Yep. So you may spend as many hit as many willpower as you like. Um, this yep. counts as aggravated damage to your willpower, which only really comes into play if you're in social combat. Um, yep. Uh, do I get them back or no? You get them back. Yes. At the end of the Can... session. Oh, pardon me. I'm gonna spend two. Yep. So you may re-roll so that... those dice. You may re-roll. So you may re-roll. Actually, I think. Let me just double check. Okay. So yeah. No problem. It is one willpower point. You can re-roll up to three dice. You only need to spend one, actually. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I'll only yep. spend one then. Uh, so V. Uh, and is this with hunger? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, you cannot re-roll hunger dice, so they have to be normal dice. Oh, so I only roll well two then, because yep. one of the hunger was a one of the fails was a hunger. Ah, uh, yep. So no, that one you can't re-roll because that's your hunger. That's the beast yep. interfering in your actions. So that's one more pass. So that makes it three passes. I'm going to have to live with that. Yeah, three passes. That's tied with his three successes. So you leap out, and he just has enough time to open his mouth in recognition. As you grab him, place one hand over his mouth, and with your right hand, grab his gun arm as it begins to reach for the barrel of the AK-47. What would you like to do with him? And as you hold him, as he begins to struggle, you curse your beast for yeah. forcing you to take hold of this man. But there is a chance, if you were to dispatch of him silently, there's a chance it may not have broken your cover. Um, just going to say, did you tell anyone about me? He looks and he says, well, "Yes, you, you're one of you're one of Mickey's men, aren't you?" We, yeah, yeah. You I grab the someone's pistol and I try to shoot him in the face. All right, he's uh, going to attempt to struggle. So please yep. make a uh, strength firearms check. Five. Um, I'm going to rouse the hunger again. Yep. Fuck, that's a fail. So I'm up to three hunger. Um, so that's six now. Yep. Four successes. So I'm going to have to live with that. Four successes tied with his four successes. Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> and so he begins to murmur and struggle. You're, you're one of Mickey's men. All of them got your description. You're a dead meat. You're a dead man walking. And then you raise your gun to his head, and as he as he sees out of the corner of his eye your finger tightening on the trigger, he begins to struggle and thump. You fire your gun. The bullet slams into the side of his skull. A small spurt of uh, blood pours out. But in his dying moment, he's able to use his left hand to grab his AK-47. And he slams his finger on the trigger and it fires. Gunfire echoes throughout the small warehouse. None of it hits you. And the firing stops as the man gurgles once more and falls to the ground. But then you hear voices. Ah, someone's there! Must be Mickey's men! Quick, let's get him! 
and then you hear footsteps as the other two men start running from across the warehouse to this location. I grabbed the AK. Yep. Did he empty the clip, or...? He did not. It appears he left about half the clip. Okay, I'm taking the AK. My silence of death is clearly broken now. Yep, um, but if you is... want to... But you still, like, you still have time if you want to, like, duck into one of yep. the other aisles and try to ambush these men. Yeah, um... Is my Unseen Passage broken? I'm guessing it would be because I showed myself to him. Um, to ask yes, him. yeah, you did broken. But you can activate it again if you like. Yeah, um... Yeah, I want to activate Unseen Passage again, so that's a hunger. Arouse. Yep. D10. That's a pass, thank god. Um... And then I'm just going to find the closest large enough shadow and stand in it. Yep. With the gun, AK-47 to my shoulder. Um, and you know how the police carry it where it's at their shoulder, but it's down yeah. across their body. Yeah, yeah. It's in pull, ready. pull up and shoot. Yep. So, not making his mistake, you don't just sling it over your shoulder. You hold it in a ready position. You look to the left, look to the right, and see... Uh, the pile of boxes to your right casts a shadow over the aisle to the east at a crossroads of this one. And so you run, uh, dive into the shadow and press your body up against the cardboard boxes. You hear footsteps, thump, 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 thump. A single man rounds the corner at the end of the aisle where you're hiding it begins running towards you, towards the body that he can see sprawled in the junction. I'd like you to please make a deck stealth obfuscate check. So that's only one obfuscate, because I didn't do silence, because I'm yep. just standing still. So that's four, seven, eight. Very well. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, oh, uh, I'm going to spend one willpower to... Yep. Reroll three. Which is three successes. So that goes up to five successes. Yep. So you press yourself as far into the boxes as you can so that the man won't brush against you as he runs past. And he rolled one success. And so as he runs towards you, you feel the weight of your body pressing into the concrete possibly leaving a small indentation in the boxes. The man doesn't notice it as he runs past his AK-47 swinging from the strap and he stands in front of the body of the driver, raises his gun and calls out, All right, we know you're there. We know you're one of Mickey's men. Make yourself shown and we'll go easy on you. Is he facing me or facing away from me? He's facing away from you. He's just run straight um, past you. Well, I'm going to flick the gun up and just unload into his back as many times as I can. Very well. Please make a dex firearms check. And he will be making a dodge check with a disadvantage of one dice. Fuck, I'm going to spend another willpower if I can. Yep, you can. There's no rule that it has to be out of combat. Yep. 
Oh, that becomes a critical with five. Uh, oh, well, the, the nice. rolls. Yeah, I'll let you yeah. figure out how that works. So he got <laughs> two successes. So you step out into the middle of the aisle, raise your gun, and begin to fire. The first bullet hits one of the cardboard boxes in front of him, shredding the cardboard and shattering the screen of the TV inside. He obviously hears this, so he whirls around and he sees your gun poking out of the corner, pointing at him, and runs to cover, runs to hide behind one of the corners opposite you. He's not fast enough. Thunk, thunk, you fire off. Uh... Three more shots and all of them hit him. One in the back of the leg and two in his back. He takes three points of aggravated damage. He is still alive. As he reaches cover, he turns around, raises his gun and fires back at you. What would you like to do? Activate rapid reflexes. Yep. And just... Uh, try to flank him. Yep, so you're just gonna... So you're gonna just run straight through the aisle, run towards him into the gunfire, hope that your rapid reflexes protects you and just get a shot at him when you get close enough? I can't run to the side to try and get a shot on him from where he's hiding. Oh yeah, you can, you can, yeah, with your rapid reflexes. Yeah, yeah rapid reflexes activated. I would like to try and run to the side. Yep. So I'm not running directly at him, but to the side so I can get a shot around the boxes at him. Yep, so you're, be you're behind cover and you're activating rapid reflexes. He actually gets two penalty dice. Yep. Um, so I would like you to please make a dex firearms check. So it's four, seven. <sighs> For fuck's sake, um... One more willpower. Yep. Because <laughs> I need to survive this. Uh, another one success, so that becomes three successes altogether. Three successes? So as he starts to fire his gun, you activate your rapid reflexes. You duck back into your hiding spot, turn around, dash back to the end of that, back to the end of the aisle where he originally came from, begin running around the high, the a row of boxes, try to flank him from the side, and as he sees you moving with such speed, you hear him go, What the fuck? What the? And he starts firing his gun wildly. Bang, 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 bang! And before he knows it, you've rounded the entire square of boxes, and you're emerging out of the corner to his right, aiming your gun. He fires his gun wildly, and he got four successes. Mm. He slams a bullet into you just by chance. Your armor negates this damage. Because it's just one point. Oh. Oh. Okay. I'll yep. take that. <laughs> okay. It's just one point. It's one minus two. There's no minimum, oh. so your armor completely negates this. Awesome. Uh, yep. Yeah, cool. Um, Barry looks down at himself and goes, well, that's interesting to know. <laughs> and, um, what yeah. What would you like to do? Just got to finish, just gonna... raise your gun and... Yep, just raise my gun and try and finish him off. As you raise your gun, the man looks at you and he's just like, what the fuck? He raises <laughs> his gun and continues firing. Please make 
a firearms check. If you still have rapid reflexes, he's still getting one uh, penalty dice. So is that Dex firearms Dex again? Dex firearms, yes. Yep. Three successes, and I'm not going to use a willpower. Three successes tied with him, so you each get a <laughs> shot off. So you deal two points of aggravated damage, because that's the damage rating of your gun. And he fires at the same time, just wildly shooting his gun from left to right. He hits you. The damage value of his weapon is plus three. Your armor negates two, so you take one point of aggravated damage. Yep. He takes two as your bullet hits him in the neck, and he begins to gurgle. Ah! Ah! Wildly shooting his gun as he sinks to the floor, twitches, and ceases to move. Hands in the air, bud, says a voice from behind you. You whirl around, and right in front of you is the third man. His AK-47 raised, pointed right at your face. Body armor's not going to do anything for that. Um, (laughs) Okay, well, my rapid reflexes are still activated. That is correct. So I'm going to slowly... Lower the AK and place it on the ground. Yep. You, slow, you tell him, okay, alright, no trouble, man. And then you slowly lower your weapon. Place it on the ground. As soon as you do, the man kicks out with his foot and sends it spiralling down the aisle. While he's slightly off balance because of the kick, I'm going to grab the switchblade out of my pocket flick it and try to stab him in the arm that's holding his gun. Yep. This could kill me or it could work in my favour. I'm not sure. Let's go. Okay, go ahead. He's going rolling. He's going to get one uh, dice of penalty. Yep, I'm going to rouse the blood as well to try and... That's a pass. Uh, I'm guessing this is a strength uh, melee. A dex melee check. You're trying to do it fast. Okay, so dex melee, did you say? Yep. Yep, cool. So that's four, five, six. Six. Three. Messy critical. Messy. <laughs> seven. Messy critical. Okay. Uh, he got... He critted on three of his dice, so he's got eight successes. Oh, fuck! So he outdoes your messy critical, but you get still a messy critical. So you reach for your knife um, as as he as he kicks the gun away. You reach for your knife and you lunge forwards and you stab your, your switchblade into his chest, dealing two points of aggravated damage to him. He kicks you away, sending you sprawling to the ground, and then as he. As he sees you sprawling there, he steps forwards, wrenches the knife out of his chest, places one hand over the wound, tosses your knife away, it goes sailing down the aisle. And then with his oh, remaining... Should I should not have knife. <laughs> well, no, you'll be able to get this one back. Yeah, no, no, no. With his remaining hand, he, sw- he waddles towards you, raises his AK-47, smiles, and says... Boss is gonna be happy. I'm the one who killed Mickey's lieutenant. <laughs> and as his 
finger begins to close on the trigger, I'd like you to make a wits awareness check, please. Wits awareness, you say. So that is six. Okay, no, that I'm rolling six. Sorry. <laughs> uh, three successes. As the man's finger tightens on the trigger, behind him, you see a figure stepping out of the shadows. A black man with long black cornrows wearing a white suit. He is slowly walking towards the man. He doesn't know he's there. As he gets closer, you notice as something glints, catches your attention. You notice that around his neck, he wears a talisman shaped like an unk made out of bright, shiny gold that glimmers in the dim lights of the warehouse. Hey you, says the man. The gunman turns around, sees the man in the white suit, raises his AK-47. The man in the white suit opens his mouth, rouses the blood, and then out of his mouth, his tongue begins to grow. At an alarming speed, you watch as his forked tongue grows to a length of two, three metres and begins to sway and whip back and forth like a snake. The man screams and opens fire as the white-suited man lunges forwards, arches back his snake-like tongue and then sends it piercing down through the gunman's chest, coming through the other side with a sickening crack, <laughs> spraying you with bone and blood. The AK-47 stops firing, drops out of the man's twitching hands onto the floor, and then the snake-like tongue, the barb at the end of it, retracts, leaving the dead, broken body to land with a thud on the concrete in front of you. As you climb to your feet, the snake-like barbed tongue retracts back into the mouth of the black-skinned man, until once again it is his normal tongue. He hisses, revealing his forked tongue tasting the air, and he smiles. What do you do? I just look at him and go, Thanks for the save. He looks down at you. Without saying a word, holds out a hand. Uh, is it in a gesture to shake his hand? In a gesture to help you up to your feet. Oh, I will accept and take his hand. He pulls you to his feet, and then as soon as you're on your feet, he looks right at you. His eyes turn into slitted, serpent-like orbs that glow a bright red. A spasm of fear runs up your spine. I would like you to please make a wits plus composure check. Okay, okay. That will be five. That will be five. That will be five. That will be five over three. Two successes. I'm going to go running. Two successes to his six successes. <laughs> oh, there was no way. <laughs> the fear grips your unbeating heart, and as much as you'd like to run away, you can't. Instead, you find yourself rooted to the spot, immobilised. The man smiles, and he says, Sorry, 
you know, I have to, I can't take precautions. I don't know who you are, and you've caused quite the ruckus. Please forgive me while I introduce myself. I must have you, must have you in a position where you mean me no harm. You can still talk. I can talk? Uh, yeah, perfectly understandable. He says, I am Marcel of the Ministry, previously known as the Setite Clan. Uh, 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 hold on. What, sorry, what was his name? Uh, Marcel. M-A-R-C-E-L? That's correct. He is of uh, the Ministry. In fact, in fact, I, well, I do not uh, usually like to blow my own horn, but currently I am at the head of the ministry. He smiles, showing you immaculately white, pearly white, shining teeth. Ah, well, congratulations. He says... It seems, uh, like a big achievement. He just smiles, and he says, Yes, yes, but something I do not let get to my head. Tell me, what is your name? I am Barry Archer. Um, Thin-blooded. He says, Hello there, Barry, and I can tell by the looks of you that you are of the Duskborn. I watched how you expended your blood to subdue those two men. I saw the pangs of hunger your body. The curse of Cain is weak in you, and your body is not very good at making use of the vitae in your system. Do not fear, do not fear. I am friend of the Thin Bloods. He says, please, before I release you from the eyes of the serpent, what was your business with these men? I stopped them kidnapping someone important to me last night, uh, and unfortunately, I let the blood get a hold of me, and one of them saw me. Uh, so I decided to um, get rid of any evidence. Marcel smiles. He says, and you are not in league with uh, any rival gang? You are not trying to muscle in start your own operation here? No, no, I don't have any plans for that at all. He says, good, good. He claps his dark-skinned hands together, and you feel the discipline holding you in place release you. Your muscles go limp, and you stumble in place, nearly falling over until you right yourself. You are able to move again. I don't move, though. (laughs) I mean, I stand a bit more relaxed, but I'm not moving anywhere. <laughs> Marcel just says, whether you intended to not, intended to or not, you did me a boon and helped me. You see these men, this Jefferson gang, have been trying to muscle in on my drug operations. And this, oh. he turns to his right and with a show of superhuman strength, wrenches one of the cardboard boxes open, tearing through the cardboard like it's just paper, grabs out the television inside and hurls it upon the concrete, shattering it. As the screen detaches from the TV, you notice the inside of it is filled with small baggies of white powder. He says, I know not why they were 
trying to get the upper hand on Michael McGee. Perhaps if they hadn't tried to muscle in on my domain, Michael McGee might be the one here tonight, using the curse of Cain to crush these mortals under his foot. But I cannot have competitors. You see, as head of the Ministry, I control all of the drug trafficking here in Chicago. You see, my preferred type of victim, my preferred type of victim to feed from is one who owes their life to the Ministry. And what better way to get mortals to owe their lives to the Ministry than to give them a commodity that they cannot live without? You see my plan? Yes? <laughs> Quite ingenious. He says, and so, when these upstarts come, do not seek permission from the men who I have under me and try to strike out on their own. Well, I cannot have that. Perhaps it is just... Perhaps it is just coincidence that we both came here tonight for reasons of our own. Perhaps it is Cain and the Antediluvians working their unknowable plan through our blood that brings us here tonight together. He says, so... Whatever it is, I thank it. <laughs> he says, and I thank you for doing me a boon. And because Marcel sticks by his word, and because the Ministry rewards those who assist it, I will grant you a boon of your own. Oh, well, um, it's, that's not entirely necessary, but thank you. He says, Marcel pays his debts. So, when you find yourself in need of a certain commodity, when you find yourself in need of someone who has the pulse of Chicago's kindred under his thumb and index finger, call upon Marcel. He turns around and as he turns to leave, looks over his shoulder and winks at you and says, as for all of the uh, ill-gotten goods here in this warehouse, I have no need of them. Do with them as you wish. And with that, he steps once again into the shadows, fighting out of vision. Barry sighs so long and so. Yep. <laughs> that was a close one. You get the feeling that this Marcel, if he wanted to, could very easily kill you. Oh yeah. But tonight, he has decided that you were perhaps more useful to him alive. And as, as he walks away, as you sigh, as you feel, as you feel, well, not breath, as you don't breathe, but as you feel your muscles relaxing, your brain ticks over, and you remember, Marcel, you've heard this name before. On the few occasions when you have attempted to try and make contact with the other thin bloods in the city. You've heard his name come up. Marcel, the friend to all Anarchs, indeed a friend to the thin bloods, willing to give them whatever they need and willing to have their back when the Camarilla is out to get them. But 
everything he does comes as a pri- comes at a price. He um. cultivates cultivates those who owe him favors, who would feel the need to repay his goodwill with some of their own. And so that ends the session. Awesome. Um, I just um, before we fully end it, um, I would just Barry would probably go through the warehouse and look for any weapons. Yep. That they might have, that the gang might have had. So they appear to have all their weapons on them. So the AK-47s are all you will be able to take. So that was three AKs. Yep. And so here is the rewards that you get from this session. First of all, you get two experience points. Two experience? Uh, Some episodes give two. Yep, fair enough. So I'm up to 15. Uh, With this finding of three AK-47s and three silenced pistols, you may increase the armory score of the Haven to two. Okay, so armory is now two. Awesome. You also receive a boon from Marcel. So that is a boon you can get at any time. Uh, from Marcel. Uh, head of set tights. And finally, with this warehouse of ill-gotten goods left at your disposal, you gain two dots of resources. Oh! Okay! Over the coming nights, it's quite easy to offload most of this stuff. You end up calling Charlie and informing him that you've had a windfall. And so, he decides that perhaps Perhaps you don't need to join him on the DVD player heist this time. Instead, he and the rest of your criminal contacts take possession of all of the cocaine, DVD players, televisions, and other goods stored in this warehouse and sell them through their own channels to their own fences. You tell them that if they meet any trouble, to say that Marcel has given them permission. And so, within a week, all of the goods are sold and splitting the proceeds two ways, you are left with two dots of resources. I will take that. Awesome! Finally... Yeah, that's... that's, yeah, two dots of resources. (laughs) That's great! That's a windfall. Finally... You have made contact with Mercy, and so you have a choice. She is still your touchstone, but now you have made contact with her, and she knows who you are, you may take a more active role in her life, and you may choose to turn her into a retainer, which is, well, you can't have a ghoul because you're a thin blood, but a retainer is someone you is a mortal who you may call upon to assist you in 
acquiring information, in acquiring goods. Uh, they may give you a safe place to stay if you need it. But by doing so, you'll be taking an active role in her life. This may put her in danger. Your enemies may seek to strike back at you through her. What enemies do I have at the moment? Um, well, there's only the Second Inquisition so far, and... And, and Mickey himself. Yeah, it's <laughs> unlikely he's going to do anything to hurt her. To hurt her. Mm. Um... Actually, yeah, that's what I was thinking, actually. I was thinking that I would try to make a more active part yep. in her life. Okay, so, so actually, even though Pinbloods usually can't make rules, I will ask you to please make a rouse check. Uh, let's just be a fucking trail. That's an eight. That's a pass. That's a pass. Okay. When you meet up with Mercy several nights later, you sit her down on the edge of her bed, sit next to her, and you divulge to her who you are. You divulge that you are not human. That you are a vampire, or at least a weaker example of one, a thin blood. You describe that the reason you were able to save her, that the reason that those men are dead will not bother her again, is because you called upon the gifts of the blood. Do you reveal to her that her, who she believes to be her uncle, is also a kindred? Um, I think, uh, two seconds, let me just get back onto my headset, because I was just letting Missy out. Yep. Sorry. This may draw his wrath in particular if you tell her who she is, who he is. Um. Or do you just want to leave it at that you're a vampire uh, and you're going to protect her? Oh, fuck. Um, I, <sighs> fucking Christ, I am not going to tell her. Very well. You simply tell her that you are a vampire who has taken a liking to her. You've grown to be obsessed with her over your short unlife. And you've taken it upon yourself to protect her from all threats, whether they come from her uncle's enemies or from her uncle herself. And with the gifts of your blood, you will ensure that no harm comes to her. This night ends in her allowing you to feed from her. You may reset your hunger to one. Okay. After you were done feeding, although to you it was feeding, to Mercy perhaps it was something more, as perhaps infatuated with your status as a monster of the night, she pulls you down on top of her on the bed, kisses you, rubs her hands down your body, and calls you lover as you take her blood 
at the end of it, you cut your wrist, allow a droplet of blood to run out, and hold it to her face. She smiles. She licks it off your wrist and then kisses your arm, kissing the entire length of your arm as she throws herself on top of you, wrapping her arms around you. And that is all it takes. She is your ghoul. As fate would have it, where most thin bloods have blood too weak to create a ghoul, let alone too weak to embrace. Fate has shined upon you, whether this is a good or a bad thing, and allowed your gift of blood to sustain mercy. And so, you may add her to your sheet as two dots of retainer. Two dots retainer. So as your ghoul, you may call upon her anytime to assist you in combat, to acquire things for you, or to send her to accomplish tasks on her own, delegating tasks that perhaps not quite uh, up your alley to someone else. As a ghoul, she has one dot of one of your disciplines. You may choose whether it is obfuscate or celerity. Mm, uh, what's the other celerity? Well, she would. She would have. She would have rapid reflexes. She can only have powers that you have. Oh, okay. It's your um, giving her this power. What's better at keeping her safe, silence or rapid reflexes? I will give her rapid reflexes. So one level on celerity. Very well, she has one dot of celerity. She may never increase her celerity above this. Yep. She takes damage as a human. How she takes damage as a human, however, she may rouse the blood and heal as a vampire. Cool. In order to maintain this condition, you must feed her one rouse check worth of blood each month. Okay. Otherwise, she'll just go back to being a human. Yeah. So, that concludes sub-episode 3, The Question of Mercy. And you have answered that question. Not just by saving Mercy's life, but by introducing her to a world beyond that which she ever... Beyond that which she could ever possibly imagine. Corrupting her with the gift or curse of Cain's blood. And in the process making Michael McGee chafe and curse that one day he will destroy that thin blood who has now corrupted his only living relative, his own touchstone. What will happen? Will this affect the main campaign? We'll have to wait and see. Thank you everyone for joining us here on a sub-episode of Vampire the Chicago Chronicles. We'll actually be back next week with the next episode of our main campaign on Friday the 7th.
But until then, when you are asked a question of mercy, the answer may be a gift or a curse. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone.